Hi, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Mark Marge from Niche Website Builders. They create great content for people who have content sites. They do link building, build sites on expired domains, and a lot of cool things. Now, in this podcast episode, Mark and I specifically dive into talking about how to actually structure your content for affiliate articles and ad articles as well, info articles. We also talk about how to know you're actually buying quality backlinks, right? And what a quality backlink actually is. And then we talk about when you should actually sell your site and why you should sell your site at that certain time and why it's a it's a good thing, for, not just for you, but for the buyer as well. Then we talk about different affiliate partners and why you should actually diversify away from not just Amazon, but some of the other affiliate partners as well. Now, niche website builders, they do killer content creation, right? They help people build backlinks. They build sites on expired domains, like I said. And I've also had multiple clients use them, which in fact is actually how I found out about them. Anyway, Niche Website Builders and I, we're running a special deal. So full disclaimer, I will make a small affiliate commission here. So I guess you could probably say that this episode is sponsored by Niche Website Builders. So just go to the link nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. That's nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. There'll be a link in the show notes, or you can just type in nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob to get that. Check them out. They're really, really good. My clients have gotten great results using them. Now, this is such an incredible episode. Let's dive into it. You guys are going to absolutely love it. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish. So from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And welcome, Mark Mars. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jared. Nice to, nice to be here. Yeah, it's, it's good to finally meet digitally like we said we've we've known each other about each other for a little bit and we just haven't done the old reach out but i'm glad we made that happen so i just want to dig in i've got so many so many questions and i know that as we open up these cans of worms we're going to go down some pretty cool rabbit rabbit holes here i know that you guys write content for all different types of businesses not just affiliate sites right you write for ad sites you could probably do i don't know if you do product descriptions for e-commerce but also you know just regular blogs but i do want to dig into affiliate because affiliate is like taking up a lot of a lot of the space or a lot of the attention in the market at the moment what do you because a lot of people will come to you with affiliate sites as well and say hey can we get some articles written what are you what are you seeing is the 80 20 i guess of writing for affiliate sites like what are what should we really be focusing on and what are those some things that we should just not focus on that a lot of people perceive or believe is important yeah i think there's there's like a number of things here i mean when you talk about the 80 20 like at the end of the day like content and links are going to be the two main things that you need to think mm-hmm. about when uh, when building and kind of ranking a site 
of course you need to work on the the technical seo and and that's but really that's kind of like one thing you should do at the beginning and kind of then forget about it a lot of people get a lot of stuff isn't measurable very easily when you're building sites and growing sites and some of the things that are measurable people get really stuck on so things like you know if i can do the site audit and i'm not at 100% and i need to like do every single last thing that's the 20 you know that's not that's not the stuff that's going to like really get you there uh, you know people kind of, it's another thing like like page speed people get really hung up on like page speed and having mm-hmm. to hit like 100 gt metrics or whatever yeah you can do that and you can do it once and get it done if you want but like as long as it's fast enough you're probably going to be okay now there's some changes coming in like kind of april this year with with google and for core vitals core, yeah. core vitals yeah core web vitals update yeah yeah, so the, the, that's definitely taking to but speed is only a small proportion of that as well. So I know people are kind of getting concerned about that, but the, the, the speed is just one part of that. So I think it's kind of people get hung up on the measurable things instead of like just focusing on on the stuff that's really important. That's kind of getting good content out and kind of building building links. Cool. Let's dive into those two things because that's massive topics in themselves. Let's talk about creating content. Now, as we record there will be a particular way that Google will want us to create content and structure it. And then it may change in a year or two years time, but time Mm -hmm. of recording, what's the way that you like to structure content that helps people sort of get ranked and and get traffic in terms of like titles and paragraphs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So there's a number of things to like to, to to take into account, I guess. So one thing is like, yeah, the the structure and the actual content of the, of the, the article. So if you think about the structure, there's, there's the SEO part and then it's like the, the human and the user experience part. And you, you kind of want most to kind of work well together. So mm. in terms of, you know, I look for affiliate sites, we're obviously doing a lot of review articles. We do like, like a, a roundup review. So the first thing is that you kind of want to make sure that people are getting hit with the information they want really quickly. So you don't want really, really long intros. Like you don't really, really want blogs. Uh, in what <laughs> respect? In what well, respect? I- Sometimes my partner will send me like, it's like, oh, you're going to cook tonight. And I'm like, got this recipe and I'm Mm -hmm. looking through this thing and I have to go through like, it feels like a thousand words before I get to like the the thing that I need to read, which is the ingredients. So you mean the rest? Yeah. Yeah. This this, is like the top part of the blog and you're just like, go away. Do you know anything about user experience here? Yeah. It means nothing to me. And maybe that's because yeah, I'm a male, but you know, who knows? Like, um, and I don't mean to be divide us because I'm sure there's a, a lot of other people that read that and be like, maybe this is not worth putting in the, at the start either. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, is, it is like that. I mean, because what, what happens is people just start to think that they, there's a certain word count they need to hit and then yeah. how they're going to fill that space. Yeah. So like they've written like the bits and now they've got like 500 words left so they're going to make a huge intro. So, mm. you know, and then they're going to like the history of every company that's like in the reviews <laughs> and like yeah. all fluff and stuff that people yeah. are not interested in. So, you know, you just want to make it a short, snappy intro. Then like the way that we structure them and we've kind of tested many templates, like templates over like many iterations until we've got like a template that kind of really works. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, it's part of our writing service. You kind of get that included. It's like a mm. freebie if you like. Like, like we'll upload the template into our into our template uh, and put all the affiliate links in for you. But um, essentially, you know, what we found that works is you need then have a table which kind of clearly lays out the products you can read or your favorite products for whatever reason. So maybe it's like a best if you're on a budget, you mm-hmm. know, that that kind of thing. And then and then we go into the individual product reviews with some pros and cons. And then at the bottom, um, we have like what we call buyer's guide. So the buyer's guide kind of cat is a catch-all for where you can kind of 
grab a whole bunch of other kind of keywords. So we look at things like people always also asked in Google. Mm-hmm. So people, because you're trying to get topical relevance, like in yep. Google's eyes for any article that you write. So if you type in a phrase into Google and then they, they bring up the questions that they're going to ask, if you answer ask those questions in the article and answer them, Google's going to much more see that you're much more aligned to like what people want to know from, from that specific article. So we look at people also ask, you know, use other kind of tools to kind of work out what other keywords are, are there. The other thing that's kind of important from an SEO perspective is kind of thinking about the word, word count, although I've kind of mentioned it there like previously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's kind of an uprise. You know, common kind of you know, people are much more moving towards correlation SEO. If you're familiar with that term at the moment, which is tools like Surfer and Page Optimizer Pro, which will allow you to which does some analysis on the mm-hmm. on the the sites that are ranking for mm-hmm. the term that you want to rank for, and it kind of gives you kind of averages of like, okay, this you know, on average the content is this long. It uses this many this keyword this many times, and it's comparing uh, other other articles out there right yeah, yeah. The, the, the idea the idea being that the the uh, the answer to what google wants to that term is is just hidden in plain sight like if you put search any term in there google tells you what they want you to show and now what length the article should be because it's just right there in front of you yeah these tools kind of like rather than you having to kind of do all that stuff manually it'll kind of bring it into a nice kind of uh, dashboard which allows you to kind of pick that stuff up real quick yeah. Yes. And I, I was actually speaking to um, Mark. Uh, sorry, not Mark. That's you. I was speaking to Kyle Roof, who's, who's, yeah. who's created um, Page Optimizer Pro just the other day. And he's mentioned the same thing is that Google actually, you can just go into Google and you can type your keyword, scroll down to the bottom and you can look at the search, the relevant searches, and that can be your H1s and H2s and stuff like that. Yep. And you can include those things in your articles because it's Google's actually just showing you like this is what people want and if you write for it we'll rank you and you'll get traffic right yeah absolutely and, and that's I mean, some people think that historically people think that you know long quality means better quality means longer and so everyone was trying to for a while just trying to write the longest article and now I mean Matt, Matt Diggity uses the term you don't want to be like the black sheep of the SERPs because if you look if you look different to everything else that's ranking in the top 10 so if you've if, if the average article length is two and a half thousand words and you've written a 10,000 words, you think I'm going to rank, I'm going to just do better. You, you stand out as like, like not what everyone else is doing. And therefore you mm-hmm. won't get ranked because mm-hmm. you're, you, you are different to everybody else. And you can't, yeah, it's, it, you can't be too different, right? You need to be good enough, like a little bit different that it's, it, you're better than everybody, but not too different. It's like, this is a total oddball. I, in terms of quality, People believe, you know, length is quality. I've got a really good book and I think it's by Alvo, I forget his name. It's a copywriting book and it's like a very thin book and you to buy it, it's like $48 and it's a small book, but it is such rich content and Mm. it's actually, I would say it's easier to write a long piece of content and just have it massive long and give things to so much context is ridiculous. But it's it's actually a bit harder, in my opinion, to write something and edit it and condense it down to this beautiful format that creates a great, like you said before, as you focus a little bit on user experience, focus on readership when you can condense it down. Like if you have an article that's like 500 or 400 and everybody else is like 600 to 700, you're a little bit different. You're not a hundred words, 
you're not 200 yeah. words, you're a little bit different, but you've condensed this down and it's just so easy to people to read. And that's what creates that sheer ability, right? That, that viral mentality that if you do these things right, you can, you can achieve that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So talking about user experience in these, in these uh, articles, you're breaking, you're breaking these things up, right? You're breaking up the table and the images and the, and the, and is there other things that you're doing for user experience as well? I think it's more than anything, it's like the placement of the calls to action. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have calls to action on that table that I described at the top, and then you have the individual reviews. So you want to make sure that you've got a, uh, a, an affiliate link on the image itself. Then, then we always have a button kind of un, under the image, which is kind of where you can just check out the product straight away. Quite often, we also include a, a, a button at the bottom of kind of that single review, which will mm. be, um, you know, check out, check out the reviews on Amazon um, or wherever the affiliate program, whichever one you're using. So quite often we'll use that as well. More and more, we're kind of suggesting to our clients that they, you know, if they're using multiple affiliate programs, don't just select one affiliate program, use multiple and have multiple buttons and encourage people to click through to find the best price. Um, so they, they essentially cookie every site that they click through on. So even if they don't buy on Amazon, they might buy on something on Amazon later. But if they you know, generally with Amazon, Amazon for a lot of niches, it's still best because people have the accounts like yeah. with them already. They're the masters of upsell. Um, mm -hmm. So you get more stuff in the basket. So even though the commission rates are really low, like they're still often the best option. But, but you know, if somebody does end up buying from another site and you get three times the commission you would have done, like that's a, that's a win. But you you don't take away the Amazon option at, at, at doing that because you're probably going to earn less. So yeah, we yeah. I talk about and people have heard me say this before that Amazon is a it is a hard one to ignore, and the reason being it gets, in my opinion, such high conversion rates or sells a lot of things is because it has a bigger brand and a bigger audience than any any of the other affiliates you can sign up for. And so I know I've got clients in the mastermind that make more money selling on Amazon from them buying products that aren't even relevant to their own their, their niche that they're in. That can happen when with other affiliates as well. But Amazon, because they have so many products and they have such a big audience and such a big brand, that trust level is really high with Amazon. The one person they do the best justice for, in my opinion, is the end user, is the customer. My philosophy on, on how they do business isn't the most just, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it for for end user, that's why they've got that's why they got so many customers is because the trust level is so high because they do so well by them, and it's hard to stack that up against some of the other brands, but I have clients testing other other big brands as well, not as big as Amazon, but Walmart and, and Best Buy and some other big brands. Do you see there's other any other big brands or e-commerce businesses that people are starting to diversify with for their different affiliate partners? I wouldn't say there's many, like we're getting many, many of our clients use a lot of the other big brands, like, like you say, like the Walmart. I think there's a few. I think people have most success finding real niche affiliate programs that are just within their space, unique to their space. That's kind of what we, that's, that's kind of got what we got more of like generally the, because even, even like uh, people like Walmart, their programs commission rates are dropping as well. They're not great either. Mm -hmm. um, so actually the, I think some of the best programs are one of those ones that you have to dig for once you get yourself into a niche. And I honestly think that these more niche sort of sites are, are better because you can have those you that uniqueness to it. And let's be real, there's a lot of a competition selling Amazon products or start, you know, having an affiliate site 
that's just selling pure Amazon products just to flog the 10 best drink bottles or the 10 best blue blocker glasses or whatever it is. And those people that are doing that, the competition is fierce because they're hiring SEOs. They got a content team like you guys writing this stuff. It's just very condensed space. For sure. I mean, we like to think that it, it, it is like really, it is really competitive and it gets more competitive every year. I think for most niches outside of the ones that are like really competitive that you kind of wouldn't want to touch or your money, your life type niches where it's just a little bit more risky as well in, in the eyes of Google that generally in most niches, even though it's quite saturated, there's still opportunity there. There's still angles you can take. There's, if you do the keyword research right, you can still find low hanging fruit because there's just so many different keywords and terms out there that people are searching that you know there's still a lot there's a lot of people doing this but there's a lot more people searching for different stuff in different ways you know with that said like we are definitely you know ourselves as portfolio owners uh you know out of my business and um, but also for our clients you know we're recommending for a number of reasons to diversify into more informational content monetizing through ads also kind of once they get traffic other kind of like info products and things like that they can monetize in different ways but um, because just ranking for info articles is just so much easier so you can just drive a lot more traffic to your site more traffic that means more ad revenue more ad clicks you know more ad, uh, views and, and the, the 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 ad networks are they're getting better and better all the time oh, like they, yeah. they earn you can earn a decent income just off ads now um the AI and the data that they can analyze for ad placements is exceptional. Like even just Google ads or AdSense, you put auto ads on your site, you can make some good money, like really, really good money just by having their algorithm work out the best placements for you. And you can turn it on aggressive versus non-aggressive, which is quite cool. Sticking with the ad theme here, is the structure pretty similar when you're writing a, an info article you, you're breaking it up with with different titles and images and ads as well and will you have like a say i have a content site that's just optimized for ads will you do you create like a an article that has like here's where you put an ad and here's where you'll put an ad and or is, do you leave that up to the i mean there's a couple of questions in there so i apologize for getting too far ahead but yeah that's all right that's what's all right. the general structure that you that you run with yeah, so, so I mean, so obviously, there's something, some similarities, but it's quite different to a review-based article because we haven't got that table at the top. We haven't got the reviews and the affiliate links and all that kind of stuff. But you know, you still want to structure the article in a in a way that kind of makes sense. So you want plenty of you want you know plenty of subheadings in there that are keyword rich. One thing we didn't mention before is you should kind of user experience, but it's you know you never you, know, you see some sites they write like a like a newspaper, so you'll you'll have no paragraphs and nobody wants to read that like that does it from a user point yeah. Just a big, yeah big scary block of text that's like everybody's worst nightmare because where attention span sucks at the moment <laughs> yeah nobody wants to do no one wants to read that like they're just going to just disappear so you know we, yeah. maximum two sentences a paragraph that's kind of our rule so mm-hmm. one or two sentences a paragraph which sounds small but once you've got it on the screen it's not what you've always also got to take the cat it's like mobile devices like mm-hmm. it, may, it may you know once you've once you've kind of narrowed it down to a narrow screen, that one or two sentences is, you know, effectively nearly a whole page. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to break it up like that. So the info articles, we don't, we don't really work with how, where we're going to place ads and optimize it. We let the ad networks do that themselves. So yeah. generally we, we advise and guide our clients on what ad networks are available and what they can use, but we don't work on behalf of them with their, the ad network that they're choosing. We just let them, we let them do it. And then, like you say, the platforms that they have are the best 
the machine learning that goes on is best at optimizing for the site rather than mm. us trying to dictate placement of ads. So that's that's just generally how we work. Yeah, guys, check out Ezoic. Like they, you can just see the case studies. Like when you sign up for Ezoic, you if you put your site on it, you can test it out, and then you can see the results and what I've done with one of my sites is like when I set up with Ezoic is like I could test ad sense versus Ezoic and see which one yeah. actually did better at the same time. And there's all these different things that you can do to set up your Ezoic account. There's other ones out there you can check out as well, but that's the one I've gone with. And I know that you'd recommend a bunch of other ones. There's some that you'd need to kind of need to have more than 10,000 viewers. I, mean, I think Ezoic's 10K, I think uh, Media Vines 50, Ad Thrive's 100 at the time of recording. Yeah. yeah, cool. All right, well, let's dive into links because this is a this is a big topic as well. How do we know, this is a big question, how, like how do we track <laughs> the traffic that's coming from a link? Because sometimes we can buy a bunch of links, but what we really want to do is we want, really want to buy traffic, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we know that, like, because I, I have this thing, I feel that there's people that look at the DR of a link and go, yeah, that's a good link and it's in the same niche. Cool, that'll do, right? But what if the traffic's not as relevant? Like how do we make sure we're buying? My question is, in a nutshell, how do we make sure we're buying a good backlink that's going to be valuable for us and Google's not going to kill us? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's a real good question. So I think, you know, we, we never really think about a link in terms of what traffic it's going to give us from a referral perspective so mm-hmm. if we're getting a link on another site when we we don't really think we don't expect to get a lot of traffic it's a bonus if we can get a really good site and we do but we, we don't expect to get a lot of traffic directly from that link mm-hmm. what we're what we're hoping is that that link's valuable in a different way in that it can help us raise the authority of the site it can help us raise the profile of that specific article that it's pointing to so we use a number of different metrics like we run a link building service and we we have it's like 25 30 different checks that we go through to check cool. that a, a link is like good and it's not going to be detrimental to the to the site so you know things and it's not just the basic things like dr like because you can have a high dr site that's still a poor link so we look at things like number of like the ratio of out outbound links versus inbound links so we don't want a site that's clearly just a, a guest post kind of farm yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's, like, there's like loads and loads of outbound links but hardly any coming in because that's mm. just like that's something that, that google can spot and mm. like that you know are likely to spot that as a guest posting site and kind of devalue the link so we look at things as well like uh you know something that's often missed is like how much traffic has that site got that you're getting the link from because one of the best indicators that Google likes a site is that it's giving it traffic. I can't remember. I always forget the stat. There's, there's some stat like you know, ninety percent of the sites on the web don't get any traffic. So it's kind of, it's it's you know, the the ten percent that do get the traffic, you know, those are the ones that Google is telling you they like. So if that site yeah. that you're getting a link from has got traffic, then that's one of the sites that Google likes. So if it's, it's got hardly any any traffic, then it's probably not a very good link. Google's not gonna if if it's not ranking that site, then it's then it probably doesn't value that site and therefore won't value that link you're getting back from that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with that in mind, then, you know, we're looking to, you know, we're, we're generally looking to rank specific articles with those links. So we'll get links, get, get sent to specific articles. So quite often what, what one, one of the things you would look at is, okay, well, you know, not every article you write is going to rank straight away uh, or ever, you know, potentially, but, you know, certain around generally around 20% of your articles will generate generate 80% of your revenue. Exactly. So you want to look at those articles that are kind of they're nearly there. They just need that extra push. So there's ones that are on page two or the bottom of page one, where maybe just a f- some extra, some links to those directly with the right anchors can 
just push them up into that top half of, of Google where you're actually going to benefit. You know, there's, there's no point really in sending links to articles that you're just not even in the SERPs for, you're not ranking for, and you need to do some more work on them or, or whatever first. It's a long way to come <laughs> to, to yeah. just via links. You need to work on the on-page or, or whatever, or maybe you just need to raise the authority of your site, which is another thing that links do. You know, maybe you just it's just too competitive a term for you to be able to rank. Yeah, so it is. It, it, there's that level of like we're trying to rank that individual article, but also overall we're trying to raise the authority of the site because by having raising the authority of the site, we are we can rank for more keywords, more competitive keywords than we could before we had those links. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the two different like levels I like, like to think of it on, and yeah, how would, how, how would you use them? Yeah, that's great. It's there's um yeah you don't want to buy links that Google don't see valuable. And like we talk about that linking out just to everybody, just because they're making money and that's their business model. Like Google can shut that business model down pretty quick. People believe like what I said is my question is like, yeah, if this has high DR, it's probably, you know, going to be good. And that's what a lot of uneducated people can have the perception is like, okay, the DR is good. And we need to be careful, like what type of links we're actually buying, right? We want to make sure we're not just buying a bunch of links just because they look good, but Google doesn't, like we don't follow those metrics. Like you said, you've got 30 different things that you check before you actually sell a link, right? <laughs> That's yeah. critical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, we don't want to sell links to people that they're just not going to see any impact because they're, they're never going to come back. So, mm. you know, we want to we want to be, you know, we don't want to put people's sites at risk either. You know, it's a very link building in theory by you know, Google. Google says, you know, you shouldn't be building links. We should just be building content and the links will come. We know that's not true for like the vast majority of people. So we have to build links. It'd be great if we didn't have to, but we do, but we don't want to, you know, put our, our sites or our client sites at risk by accepting substandard kind of links. Yeah. Yeah. Offering the best service possible is always the way to go. Now, this is going to be a little bit off topic of just content, but like talking about owning website businesses. Now, You've said that you've you own a few Adams, you know, business partners bought a few. Have you sold sold any as well? So I've 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 sold some for like small small amounts. Um, yep. But like Adams, the big flipper of the two of us, so he'll buy something, he'll he'll put some effort into it for six months, and then sell it for a profit. And yeah, that can sometimes be quite decent. It could be like a double your money kind of profit, or sometimes it's just adding an extra five or ten thousand onto the the value of the site and then and flipping it. I'm kind of more of the guy that kind of builds sites more for the long term. So I'm building them and I'm, I've got them as cash flow. They kind of create me a nice earning month on month. And I'm just building a bigger kind of asset kind of over time. I think I'll probably sell some this year. I've, I've got, I've got around uh, uh, six kind of sites at the moment and various kind of degrees of like starting to like more mature and established. So yeah, I definitely think I'll sell some just to, just to get some, just to realize some of the, the, the profit capital. that I've kind of yeah. made and yeah. yeah I'm the same as you is that I'm very heavily on the just build it and just let it compound and grow over time if it's in a good niche and it's a, a good business why not why not keep it like it's not like like you said like you could realize some of the profit that, and the work that you've done but yeah. you don't need to as well right like it's not like you like need to sell these businesses so my question is like how are you going to decide which one and also is there like a certain period that that business will get to before you're like, maybe this is, this is worth selling. Like, is, have you thought about that or is there, yeah. Any thinking behind it? Yeah. I think there's, there's two, two things there. Like one, I think it's, it's, 
it's down to the individual. Like, what is your financial situation like? Like, of course, if you've got one site that you're exposed there, uh, because if you get hit by a Google algorithm update or Amazon reduce their affiliate rates or whatever, then you, mm-hmm. you kind of got like a risk. You've got like one point of failure. So maybe you want to kind of get that to a decent point, sell it, and then kind of from use that capital to kind of build a few sites. And they're kind of like lowering a risk of like things, you know, that, that one site kind of failing. So I think it's, and it's people's own financial situation as well. It's like, do you need the money? Um, is this kind of a business that you're kind of trying to develop here where you're kind of buying and flipping sites? So do you need, need to kind of try and make a quick win? But I think there's also from another perspective of like knowing when sometimes you, you can get to a point where you feel like you've taken a site as far as you can go. And that could be for two different reasons. One, it could be that you realize you've kind of done the best you can in that niche to a certain level. And then above and beyond that, the sites and the competitiveness is going to need a lot more investment. And maybe you're not up for that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you, so you're, you're, you almost get, and maybe someone who with a little bit deeper pockets, you can see the site's at a good point, like a ticket into the, the, the top tier with uh, some decent investment. Maybe you're just not, for whatever reason, you're not, you're financially or, Work-wise, you're just not up for the fight of getting taking it again to like that that the next level. Yeah, um, I'm. I've I strongly believe that businesses have cycles, like growth cycles, and that my experience and what I know and my resources can take it to a certain level. But you know, say to grow, and I've said this before, is to grow a site from fifty thousand to three hundred thousand is is one thing, but to go to like three or five hundred thousand to a million and then a million to five, there's different cycles within that and you need different levels of resources like you mentioned, but also experience and team for yep. that too. Yep. And know how. So I'm a strong believer in and this is what I tell people when they look at like, why would I buy a site that's already working? Why would somebody sell that? Like I don't get it, but they've just come to the end of their period, right? Like it's time to hand that. And there's still a lot on the table for somebody else. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, definitely if like you haven't got, like you say, if you haven't got all of the skills necessarily as well, the experience, so you, someone else might be able to take it on who's an expert in in ads or in social media or or just sees other opportunities. Maybe they're all, mm-hmm. they've all, they're already in that that niche in a different world. Maybe they've got an e-commerce site. They can start sending some of the traffic from the affiliate site over to their e-commerce site. That kind of thing. You don't have that necessarily and all that ability, but you've you've managed to get it to where you can with your skill set. That's the great thing about buying and selling because some what somebody sees is like I've maxed it out. Mm-hmm. There's no more I can do. Someone sees that as an opportunity because they see where you fell short because they've got skills in different places or connections yeah. different places so yeah that's that's yeah. i think that's the two two things i'd sort of kind of say about you know when's the right time yeah perfect look this has been so good to talk seriously thank you so much for coming on where are we sending people is it niche website dot builders is that is that that's where people it. can go check out your stuff and you started a podcast as well that people need to go check out too is that right that's right. So yeah, if you go to uh, yeah, go to the website. There's a podcast in the menu. You can look at um, find the podcast and find where where to find that and sign and uh, yeah, subscribe to your favorite podcast apps. We also got a YouTube channel which um, is going to be on that page shortly as a link. We also got a couple of Facebook groups. So we got uh, one's called Niche Website Builders and one's called Niche Website Flippers. So one's for builders and one's for flippers. Or, or sign up for both if you like. So yeah, there's about five thousand people in or 6,000 in each of those now. Yeah. That's kind of the main, main places. 
Yeah, they're solid groups. I'm in one of those groups and it's and it's great. It's a great player. So I've, I've made some great connections in there as well. So thank you for putting those together. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. Guys, that's it for this episode. Now, before we go, I want you to think of two to three people who either own a content website or are about to buy a content website and want to create great content and scale their site through great content and great links. Please do them a massive favor and share this podcast episode with them, not just so they can understand and learn from Mark and what they should be doing, but also if they want to go away and hire somebody who can create this great content, check out Niche Website Builders as well. So please do them a massive favor, share this podcast episode with them, and I'll speak to you guys on the next one. Thanks. Thanks, Jared.